It has been a bad week for bad people. Trump is on trial and keeps accidentally admitting to fraud. Kevin McCarthy became the first Speaker of the House to be ousted in American history. Bye-bye. Elon Musk has been hit with two massive lawsuits while continuing to destroy his own social media platform. Ticket scalpers are finally seeing some well overdue consequences and so much more. But you know who we haven't checked in on at least this month? That's right. My Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Oh, good. A man who has not only lost his mind, he's also apparently lost his entire pillow fortune in his futile attempt to somehow prove that the 2020 presidential election was stolen, despite multiple investigations concluding that there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Mike, buddy, it is 2023. You I think gotta let to, this one go. People have already lost lawsuits over this. It's time to let it go. You got a, a whole new election coming up for you to uh, claim was stolen. Yeah, if he was a real uh, business brain, he would be hyping up the next stolen election. Yeah. Because on. it hasn't happened yet, you can't prove that it didn't happen. That's the problem with guys like Mike Lindell. They have one good idea. Yeah. <laughs> a pillow. So yeah, it looks like the introduction of the follow-up to the MyPillow, the MyPillow 2.0, mm -hmm. alongside the MyPillow branded coffee, to their slate of products has not provided the boost in income necessary to offset Mike Lindell's products being banned from all of the major retailers who don't want to unintentionally endorse the wild and destructive conspiracy theories that this guy has now just dedicated his entire fucking life to. Mm -hmm. The rumors of Lindell's financial fall from grace have been making the rounds for quite a while now, and anyone with a functioning brain could tell that his pivot into debunked conspiracies probably would not be great for his brand. Mm. But the latest news regarding Lindell's finances comes directly from the people who were supposed to be uh, getting paid to defend him in multiple defamation lawsuits. It be his own lawyers. That's right. Or former lawyers, I guess, at this <laughs> point. Yep. Uh, here's NBC News. The attorneys defending Mike Lindell and his business against defamation claims from voting machine companies are seeking to sever ties with the MyPillow guy over millions of dollars in unpaid legal fees. In a court filing Thursday, the law firm Parker Daniels Kibbert LLC said Lindell and MyPillow are months behind on their legal bills in three defamation cases, and they can no longer afford to represent him. Quote, at this time, defendants are in arrears by millions of dollars to PDK, the filing said. PDK is a small litigation and trial firm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and cannot afford to finance defendants' defense in the litigations. Should have read it in the voice. I didn't know it was a local firm. Oh, yeah. We can't afford to keep doing this. We're just a couple of local lawyers. I, I, don't, I don't know what any of this business is. I'm trying to just make a living for my family here. Uh, so the firm said that if it was forced to continue providing legal services to Lindell, the future fees and costs will amount to millions of dollars in addition to the millions of dollars already owed. Lindell, <laughs> Lindell on Thursday praised his lawyers as brave and courageous and said he would gladly keep paying them if he wasn't broke. <laughs> That's just the thing. We've lost everything. Every dime, he told NBC News in a phone interview. All of it is gone. Lindell said his company has faced financial challenges amid the lawsuits and sustained bad publicity to the point that he can no longer take out any loans. They took away my borrowing because of all you guys in the media, Lindell said, adding that he'd been canceled over his comments on the 2020 election. Asked if he planned to represent himself or hire new lawyers, 
Lindell said it was too soon to tell. Oh, baby. If he... You gotta do it, Mike. No one can tell your story better than you yourself. Bring the cameras in the courtroom right now. Defend yourself, Mike. So... Obviously, these lawyers, they're all a bunch of crooks. Yeah. Uh, he, we, someone needs to feed him the idea that live televising this court case with him representing himself is the only way he's going to get out of it. Yeah, you, uh, you, you're not just in the court of the law, you're in the court of the public opinion. And yeah. everyone loves Mike Lindell. And he might... He might, t he might scare the bailiffs a little bit with all of the desk banging that he does. But, yeah, uh, but you know what? He might not have uh, formal legal training, but what he does have is endurance. Yeah. <laughs> He can just fucking, uh, he can just filibuster this trial until they're like, fine, get out. It's, uh, you know, it's it's rare to see someone commit to the bit this hard. It's pretty much Mike Lindell and Rudy Giuliani, who is also uh, facing lawsuits for not paying any of his legal representatives. Yeah. I never checked in on the Mike Lindell, uh, the MyPillow fire sale, where they were just selling, like, all their chairs and, like, coffee makers and shit. Uh, well, there's also a... Uh, uh, According to screenshots that people have posted on Twitter, he's doing a massive sale on the actual product right now. You can get my pillows up to eighty percent off. Um, please, please, someone get these pillows. I'd, I'd love to, Mike. I'm good on pillows, though. Yes, it's just not a product I'm buying a lot of. I I have them. What they should do when fine. they reclaim all of his businesses is just give all of these pillows to homeless people, or make a big like a giant ball pit, but full of my pillows. No. And, I, and I can jump into it and be like, filthy. Ah. Filthy. Anyway, they also add that in a March interview with Newsweek, Lindell said he'd been forced to borrow $10 million to pay for his legal fees. In April, an arbitration panel ordered Lindell to pay $5 million for losing his Prove Mike Wrong 2020 election challenge in which participants were asked to find proof that his cyber data was not valid data from the November 2020 election as he'd contended it was. Software developer Robert Zeidman won the challenge, but Lindell refused to pay. Lindell is now challenging the arbitration panel's ruling. On Thursday, Lindell told NBC that despite the financial strains on him and his company, he plans to keep pushing his stolen election claims. Jeez. Quote, I will never stop trying to secure our elections, he said. Keep in mind, he is facing billions of dollars in damages while refusing to pay out $5 million to someone who literally proved Mike wrong and previously borrowing $10 million just to pay legal fees. Safe to say, this guy's cooked. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. He is in the pot and the water's boiling. Uh-huh. And here's a clip for you because, as we are all aware, Mike Lindell, he'll take any media appearance he can get. Mm -hmm. Just say when. Just say when and where. He's there. All the lawyers we have for my pillow and uh, myself in the lawsuits with the lawfare with Dominion and Smartmatic, they uh, just filed in federal court that uh, to drop uh, to drop us as our attorneys, and um, and this comes from uh, the lawfare basically and from the media. The attacks on my pillow, what American Express did, uh, to take just devastating our credit and. We, I, we have to, I, I can't pay the lawyers. We can't pay. There's no money left to pay them. Uh, yeah, well, I'm surprised that uh, Frank Truth or whatever the hell that Frank, Frank Social. Frank Social isn't. Uh, Frank Speech. Frank Speech isn't floating this entire lawsuit because obviously he's raking it in from all the ad dollars and subscriptions over on Frank Speech. It's a mystery, I guess. But let's move on to a story that affected all Americans this week. 
even some you wouldn't expect. Because on Wednesday of this week, a nationwide text message was sent out to every phone in the country as part of a test of our National Wireless Emergency Alert System. It probably goes without saying why this type of test is important, but that didn't stop conspiracy theorists from going absolutely insane in the lead up to this test. Well, hey, look, turns out they were right. I'm a zombie now. Yeah, that's true. I they, am a woke vaccine warrior. Mm -hmm. They claimed in some cases that this test was going to either activate sleeper agents or like Elliot said, turn vaccinated people into zombies. It would as, inject the woke mind virus directly into your brain. Yeah, it triggers all of the ingredients that are uh, included in the jab. And uh, there were there were more crackpot theories, but uh, people were instructed to wrap their phones in tinfoil, turn off all of their electronic devices, and spread the word of this upcoming apocalypse, which allegedly even led to at least one landlord notifying tenants that they would be shutting down all of the power in their units in order to avoid this attack. Really, a landlord? I, you know, the, just the smartest people on the face of the earth, landlords. I'm surprised. I'm shocked that a landlord would fall for something this just idiotic. The screenshots of the text message between the landlord and uh, the renter are very long and unhinged. Mm-hmm. Wow. Even landlords, they've, they've, landlords have fallen. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as you're all probably aware by now, the alert was sent out, and aside from being a bit startled by the sudden loud noise coming from your phone speaker, or in my case, uh, multiple loud noises, because uh, I guess because I set my phone's system language to English and Spanish. So I got multiple alerts. I got the English one Peligo. and I got the Spanish one. Yeah, It was a wild two minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it really seemed as though there was, there was no adverse side effects, mm -hmm. at least none that have been detected yet. Yeah. No one turned into zombies. No one exploded because of something the government injected into them. No chaos. No nothing. Mm. However... Not nothing. Not nothing, Elliot. Well, okay. So there, there were some unforeseen consequences as a result of this test. For one very specific group of people, um, the Amish, who typically reject most forms of modern technology, mm -hmm. as you know. Uh, we should say that the modern Amish do embrace some modern technology. They, they cheat a little bit. Yeah. But it's still wild that this nationwide text alert may have inadvertently outed a bunch of Amish people for secretly owning cell phones, mm. like like prisoners in a federal penitentiary. <laughs> who I, I wonder if there were any of those who got in trouble. Woo! Yeah, you, your butthole, you're going to want to turn that butthole phone off. Yeah, that would be a thing where the, the prison yeah. guards, if they even cared or thought far enough ahead to realize that this was going to happen, uh, would have been able to find this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So take this with a grain of salt because the source is just one ex-Amish creator. Uh, but then again, how else would this news make its way out of Amish country? We don't know. Here's Dexerto with more on this. In most, if not all, Amish communities across the United States, its members cannot have modern technology like cars, computers, and cell phones. But what happens if you smuggle in a cell phone? and the U.S. decides to send a nationwide emergency alert test without the ability to find out about it ahead of time. TikToker and ex-Amish church member Eli Yoder revealed on October 4th, 2023, that the nationwide test that same day led to several members of the community getting shunned. He said, Several Amish men got shunned by the Amish church for having smartphones in their pocket when the emergency alert system went off. Eli went on to explain that on the day of the EAS test in the U.S., Three of them replied to Eli, stating that they would have to lay low for a while due to getting caught with the device. One guy said the elders were coming in his driveway and they were there to speak with him about something they'd heard about him, that he might have to get shunned. 
Right as that was going on, the alert went off and it was in his pocket, Yoder explained. Um, I, the, my only knowledge, my only firsthand knowledge with this is that uh, I, I do, I can confirm that Yoder is an Amish last name. Yeah. Uh, it's the big restaurant in my hometown, where oh, okay. it, which is the uh, place where all of the Amish go for run, Rumspringa. And a lot of them have uh, put down roots there. Mm. There's a certain part of town where you can't drive more than like 15 miles an hour and everyone's on buggies and tricycles. So the Yoder name, Yoder. it's legit. But if this text would have affected anyone, it would have been me because I got the newest jab and the flu shot yeah. in one go. Fresh 5G, fresh yeah. microchip. And I, I got that the day, a, literally 24 hours before this text went out. And I'm feeling fine. In fact, I had no side effects from getting both shots. Just the, you know, the soreness in the arm, but pretty cool. Well, get, we'll see about that, Ricky. We'll get see your about jabs. that. Get your jabs. I, I'm on the side of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Me, Travis Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. We all say, get your jabs. Oh, they've gone woke? That is what a lot of the right-wing NFL enjoyers are mad about, is that uh, this is all some big psyop to get people to do the vaccine because introducing Taylor Swift and getting everyone hyped up for a guy who uh, was just in an ad campaign about the benefits of getting vaccinated. I thought all the right-wingers like stopped watching football years ago. Or <laughs> like switched, switched to college football. But I guess not. I guess some of them want to torch themselves. Yeah. Anyway, our next story should provide uh, almost everyone watching with a much-needed dose of schadenfreude because it has to do with ticket scalpers getting completely hung out to dry and losing hundreds and, in some cases, thousands of dollars by betting on the wrong concerts and falling for Ticketmaster's ticket-buying experience, which uses emotional manipulation to trick people into thinking that they will absolutely miss out on concert tickets if they don't pay whatever the hell the site initially offers. Mm -hmm. A recent report from 404 Media, which, by the way, you should be following them and reading their coverage of everything, because uh, we've mentioned this before, but it's a new site that was launched by former staff members of Vice's motherboard. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a recent article of theirs dives into this massive failure on the part of scalpers trying to make easy money off a series of Travis Scott concerts. Full articles are always linked below, but here you go. Check StubHub right now and you can find thousands of tickets to sold out shows in many cities for between $10 and $20, far below the face value for Travis Scott's cheapest tickets at $61.50 before fees when they first went on sale. In ticket reseller lingo, Scott's tour is a bloodbath. The results of overzealous brokers and noobs, quote, overbuying tickets based on a miscalculation of the likely value of his tickets on the secondary market. Many brokers now stand to lose a lot of money on Scott's shows. Ah, that's a shame. It's too bad. Unfortunate. They go on to talk about um, buyer's clubs, which is where people in members-only groups indicate items that are likely to balloon in value and instruct those users to jump on opportunities like this, saying, at least part of this buying frenzy was fueled by a bet placed by PFS Buyers Club. PFS told its members to buy as many tickets to Scott's shows as possible, according to emails viewed by 404 Media. PFS itself stands to lose more than $1 million on Travis Scott alone when all is said and done, it told its members. Good. Yes. Good. Mm -hmm. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. Stop it. Hopefully they have to now. One can hope. The reporting continues. Members of the club were promised by PFS that they would be reimbursed for any tickets they bought and would additionally get a $25 per ticket commission. Hundreds of members bought thousands of tickets, most of which are now selling for far below face value. The author spoke to people who are currently floating tens of thousands of dollars on their credit cards for Travis Scott tickets they have no idea what to do with. 
The article goes into further detail about these buying clubs. Again, check the description for links to the full story. Mm -hmm. But let's take a look at some quotes from people who thought they could make a quick buck. Anthony Agrate, a member of PFS, told me that the unlimited nature of the Travis Scott deal was enticing to him. The fact they said you could buy an unlimited number of tickets for any tour dates, any city, and all of them are $25 commission, I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. Agrate told me he bought 123 tickets on seven credit cards for more than $36,000. Idiot. Stupid. Uh, another member, Harlan Vaughn, said the following. I went into the waiting room for the sales in Oakland and Phoenix, and there was 2,000 people waiting. In Dallas, the line was 5,000 people deep. I thought, there is actual real demand for this. Why not just try to buy them and resell them myself? I went like full mania with it. Later that night, Scott announced that he was going to be adding shows in specific cities, thereby doubling the number of available tickets in some markets. Quote, however much demand was there for one gig was cut in half, essentially, Vaughn said. I'm hoping there will be a natural damn disaster and they'll have to refund everyone. Maybe Travis gets sick or something. Vaughn is now stuck with a bunch of tickets he is probably going to take huge losses on. Tickets for some shows he bought are selling on StubHub for $10. Yeah, and I have uh, started noticing with uh, a lot of bands I like, uh, especially for New York and Chicago shows, they'll block out an entire like week, week and a half. They'll start with just like one or two shows, and then they'll just keep adding them. And they well, look at all this demand. And they do eventually hit a point where like, okay, we finally we finally booked a show that didn't immediately sell out, so like we're good. Yeah. And like anyone who bought tickets uh, to the first couple shows thinking they could flip those is fucked because everyone who actually planned to attend the show can do so now. Yeah, this is hilariously fucked up in so many ways. I mean, yes, it's funny that these people are getting hung out to drive by attempting to artificially drive up the price of concert tickets, and hopefully it dissuades others from doing similar things in the future, but it's just so perfectly ironic that because of their greed, they actually created an inflated sense of demand for these concerts, causing Travis Scott and his team to add more shows to the tour out of what they perceived as necessity. Because, look, these tickets are selling like crazy. People are buying 100 uh, tickets a grip. Wow. I'm sure he'll be fine. Add some, I know, I know. But I, I'm just saying it is funny that, like, in their perception, the demand is all there, but it's not really. I mean, it is, because... People well, will buy of. the tickets for $10. Yeah, I mean... So this is great for the remaining amount of Travis Scott fans. Yeah, it's good for the fans, good for Travis Scott. It's terrible for the scalpers, which, good. Fuck yeah. them. So they added more shows and shows that have cratered the price of the previous shows, ruined the bank accounts of scalpers, and um, either will have Travis Scott performing to half-empty arenas or actually um, performing to people who want to see him perform and can afford decently priced yeah. tickets. How about that? Yeah. That's the one bit of good news is that you, if you are a Travis Scott fan, you got the deal of a lifetime right now. I don't know. Is he going to do any of that devil shit? I don't know. Uh, and we should also point out that uh, if it wasn't obvious, Ticketmaster's probably loving this because they just get all yeah. the fees attached to every sale of each ticket. Either way, they win. Yes. The game the game is fixed, That's right. as uh, Idris Elba would say. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we do have more news coming up for you in just a second, including some updates to some stories that we've been covering this week. But first, we have to thank today's sponsor, Factor, for not forgetting about us while... The show was 
on sick leave. Yes, thanks, Factor. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then get back to crushing your goals. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors. They're limited time only hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops. Mmm! Ready in just two minutes, they'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Or, for an easy wellness boost, try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This October, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash newsdump50 and use code newsdump50 to get 50% off. That is code newsdump50 at factormeals.com slash newsdump50 to get 50% off. That's half. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back into the news now. We should probably mention the fact that Elon Musk ugh, has once again altered the Twitter timeline, despite everyone praying that he not alter it further. I wish he would alter the timeline in a different way. His lifetime line? Like going back in time and, uh, I don't know, doing something. Well, in an incredibly stupid move that is only rivaled by every other decision that he's made, Musk has chosen to remove headlines from articles that are posted on Twitter, opting instead to simply show a thumbnail in their place. And thumbnails for news articles, they're not always created with this type of interaction in mind, and some are just stock images meant to loosely represent what the article is about or who's involved. Yeah. So now these thumbnails are all you get when someone tweets a link to an article. And because of the way that they look, it's also confusing whether or not anything is an article or just an image. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw stuff today where I was like, oh, I think this is an article. And I clicked it and it was literally just a picture. Well, there's a simple fix for this. All the news sites have to simply... Make thumbnails like ours. Completely change what they do. Make thumbnails like that that one fake one, uh, Uber driver sucked me off. Yeah. Start doing Someone shit like that. Someone added Ben Shapiro to that today. It was great. <laughs> um, but yes, that's what they'll have to do. The, the return of clickbait thumbnails yeah. is uh, quickly approaching to Twitter. And this will create a lot of jobs because the AI can't, I don't think the AI can do that yet. That's know. still a human job. So uh, thanks, Elon Musk. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. So yeah, it truly is one of the dumbest moves he's done so far. Removing text from a text-based platform in favor of something that is confusing and easily abused, as proven by the countless examples that flooded the platform once this new update went into effect, where people were just making up fake headlines that matched real thumbnails that either linked to stories which had nothing to do with the tweet or weren't actually clickable at all. Mm -hmm. uh, Juniper, one of the best posters out there, had a few bangers like the following. New scoop from me. Andy No found passed out in the gutter after a massive dildo was thrown at his head. Breaking. Tim Pool has been arrested for double homicide. New scoop. Evidence showing Elon Musk is a pedophile mounting quickly. Hmm. Concerning. Very concerning. There were also countless posts indicating that Elon Musk had actually died, with <laughs> the cause of death varying wildly, with some indicating that he had passed during autoerotic asphyxiation. 
Uh, with more on the most recent Twitter update, here's The Verge. X, formerly Twitter, is no longer showing headlines on articles shared on the platform. Instead, X is only showing the article's lead image and the domain it will link you to. This change, while very annoying, doesn't come as a total surprise. Fortune reported in August that this change was in the works, and ex-owner Elon Musk confirmed that the switchover was coming from me directly and would greatly improve the aesthetics. Yes, he spelled it wrong. Some real genius at work type shit going on here, but uh, like most of the other recent changes, this update angered everyone. And despite getting direct, honest feedback, he just continued to blame the media. Yeah, and I saw like one theory for it is like by removing the title like that you now scroll past more tweets and yes. create more views. But I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just keep the title and get rid of the thumbnail? Because that would shrink the post down even more. Because of the aesthetics. That's why. And again, it, it defeats what he's trying to do is convince people to post their entire articles in yeah. the tweet. Um, but what it's actually doing is probably sending more people off of the platform to figure out what the story that they're looking at is about. Yeah, maybe. It's just, it's dumb. Yeah, it's, it's a it's bad a, decision. It's a bad decision. Yeah. Uh, one tweet in particular from Box founder Aaron Levy said, This link title change makes Twitter far worse for its primary value prop of getting news quickly. Hope they undo it. Uh, to which Musk himself replied directly saying, Really, Aaron? Really? You actually believe the media? Wow. Show me a screenshot of before and after and tell me which one is better. Actually. Which, like... Uh, like you're only saying this is bad because the media said... No, I, I'm stating my personal opinion. I'm giving you opinion. feedback, yes. Yeah, it's, it's wild that he's just like, yeah, the only reason anyone hates this is because the media said so. What? Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, yeah, it's always everyone else's fault, not Elon's fault. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this absolutely, it sucks. It destroys yet another reason that Twitter became popular in the first place. Uh you know, keeping abreast of the going... Current events. The going, Literally current yeah. events, yeah. Uh, we have no idea if this policy will stick around or if he'll revert back to the way things were, but, you know, that would mean admitting that his idea was bad. So we wouldn't count on it. No. He doesn't do that. Even when his ideas turn out to be, obviously, terrible ideas in hindsight or as they're happening. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, but on to another update, the vacant role of Speaker of the House. I will be Speaker of the House. It really really looks like Donald Trump is going to attempt to fill this position. And he's said as much on his own social media platform, Truth Social, in a dizzying amount of posts over the past 48 hours. I mean, I understand the strategy. If he gets that job, all it will take is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris dying for him to be president again without even having to do an election. Someone did point that out, uh, saying that this creates an incredibly risky scenario all it takes is one or one or two psychos. Yes. Yeah, he's that, got that's, plenty of psychos. This is a, a, an incredibly dangerous premise. Mm -hmm. um, but here's a quick sample of one of his posts from the past 48 hours or so. Elliot, I'm going to let you do the voice. Okay. I am running for president, have a 62-point lead over Republicans, and am up on crooked Joe Biden, despite the Democrat Party's massive lawfare, weaponization, and election interference efforts, by 4 to 11 points, but will do whatever is necessary to help with the Speaker of the House selection process short-term until the final selection of a great Republican Speaker is made. A Speaker who will help a new but highly experienced president, me, <laughs> make America great again. Your favorite president, hey. Uh, so in addition to his endless stream of posts, Trump has also indicated that he might visit the Capitol next week. Oddly enough, whoa, would you look at the time? The exact 
time when Republicans are scheduled to pick what a are new the, What are speaker. the chances? Wow. Here's the Associated Press. The pending trip would be Trump's first to the Capitol since leaving office and since his supporters attacked the building in a bid to halt the peaceful transition of power on January 6, 2021. Trump has been indicted in both Washington and Georgia over his efforts to overturn the results of the election, which he lost to President Joe Biden. Trump told Fox News Digital he was heading to Washington on Tuesday to meet with Republicans. Three people familiar with the matter disclosed the talks about visiting the Capitol to the Associated Press, speaking on condition of anonymity ahead of an official announcement. Trump told Fox News Digital Thursday that he would accept a short-term role as speaker for anywhere from 30 to 90 days if another candidate doesn't have the votes to win. And if the pay is good. If the pay is consummate. I get to smash that gavel. Mm. Yeah, sure. 30 to 90 days, buddy. Yeah, I'm sure once, if this happens and you get in there, the, you're going to be like, all right, it's been 30 days. We've found the good replacement. Uh, they, so I guess they're going to do it because... You can always count on the dumbest possible thing happening. Yeah, it really seems that way. Uh, quote, I have been asked to speak as a unifier <laughs> because I have so many friends in Congress, he told the outlet. If they don't get the vote, they have asked me if I would consider taking the speakership until they get somebody longer term because I am running for president. Among those now pushing Trump for speaker is Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, a longtime Trump ally who didn't vote to remove McCarthy. She posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, that she believed he would take the job. Nels, the Texas Republican who was among the first to promote Trump for the job, said he'd been contacted, quote, by multiple members of Congress willing to support and offer nomination speeches for Donald J. Trump to be Speaker of the House. Next week, he wrote on X, is going to be huge. Again, th this... Okay. I would say this is impossible, but I... but. Yeah, reality can't. constantly shocks me. I don't know the rules. I hear that there's rules in place to stop this from yeah, happening. If you are like, if you are on trial for a felony, there's like a clear line that says if you're on on trial for a felony, you can't serve as speaker. But look, uh, a lot of unprecedented things have happened, so throw it on the pile. Great, very exciting stuff. Mm. And finally today, some entertainment news. Hey! Hollywood! Dun, 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 Hollywood! So, you remember a few weeks back when America's sweetheart, Drew Barrymore, decided to bring her daytime talk show back while the writer's strike was still in effect, only to then reverse her decision after just everyone justifiably raked her over the coals, just bullied her for a week straight, mm -hmm. only to then have the entire writer's strike come to an end just days after she had burned all of her goodwill. Yeah. It was quite the timing. Uh, well, it turns out the consequences keep piling up for Ms. Barrymore because according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Drew Barrymore show writers declined to return. No, I'm good. Yeah, you gotta hand it to him. That's, uh, that's, that's a bold step. All she had to do was wait one week. Well, a lot of people were saying that maybe this, her and the other talk shows that were claiming to come back, might have been what put it over the edge because uh, everyone was just like, no. And then she was she backed down and they're like, yeah. okay, well, I guess we can't produce content without Yeah, that was definitely, uh, yeah, that, that was the MPTP dipping their toes in it and getting a taste of like, oh, okay, I guess they're really serious about yeah, this. Yeah, so. But uh, yeah, she kind of ruined it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, here's more from the reporting. The Drew Barrymore Show is once again readying its return, though a trio of WGA writers have chosen not to return to their old gig. Barrymore found herself in hot water last month when she announced that her daytime talk show would make its fourth season debut without its striking writers. 
A week later, after Barrymore faced backlash and at least a few panicked guest cancellations, she revealed that she'd be reversing course, pausing the show's return until the WGA strike concluded. Continues, with the WGA strike now over, the show is set to come back October 16th, and those writers, Chelsea White, Christina Kenyon, and Liz Coe, have declined an offer to return with it, according to sources. The production is now interviewing new writers and will be in compliance with the Guild. As for White, Kenyon, and Co., all three were visible and vocal in their protest during the show's initial return to production in mid-September. The trio of women who shared the title co-head writer and have been with the series since season one could be seen picketing outside of Drew's Manhattan studio on multiple days with signs that read, Honk if you love union labor, or Drew's News, Strikes! On September 11th, which was the show's first day back in production, they told The Hollywood Reporter that they'd found out Drew was returning, not from their boss or colleagues, but rather via audience ticket giveaways that had been posted on social media. Well, um, it turns out that when you piss off your main writers, they might not want to return to this um, business relationship. Yeah, I guess so. I guess yeah. we all learned a lesson. Uh, in other news regarding productions absolutely fumbling the goddamn bag, not only did Comedy Central avoid making the easiest decision possible, a decision they've had a year to figure that figure out. Yes. They've had so much time. And the answer's right there. Yeah, just give The Daily Show hosting gig to Roy Wood Jr. It's as simple as that. He's been around. He's been on the show for, like, over a decade now. He's great at his job. He's, he was one of the interim hosts when they were cycling yeah. through potential hosts. And I watched uh, a lot of the uh, Daily Show. I hadn't watched it in a long time. Watched a lot of the Daily Show to check out the new host. He was far and away the yeah. best. It, it's He's very... naturally funny. It's... Yeah, so... He's a great writer. Did they give him the job? No, they didn't. No. Uh, they apparently still haven't decided who was going to be filling that role at all, which has caused Roy Wood Jr. to just say, fuck it, and leave the show entirely. Great job, everyone. Mm -hmm. With more on this, here's NPR. Comic Roy Wood Jr. says he will not return to his position as a correspondent on Comedy Central's The Daily Show when the show resumes new episodes later this month, ending a job he first started eight years ago. The reason? Since he hasn't been offered the job as permanent host of the show, Wood wants some time to figure out his next act. Quote, I can't come up with what plan B is while still working with plan A, says Wood, who has decided he doesn't want to be on The Daily Show as a correspondent, waiting for someone else to take the top job. The job of correspondent, it's not really one where you can juggle multiple things, and I think eight years is a good run. So eight years, not a full decade, but still very long, a long time. long time, yeah. and also it was like, even like months ago, it was like, yeah, it's probably between him and Hassan Minhaj. And then Hassan had, uh, he had some some very silly, yeah. silly drama happen to him. All, but, so he's out of the running. It's all like, comics embellish jokes, but he did it in a very specific and weird way. The that problem called is, out real human beings for things that they did not do. Yeah, and he did it in that way where it's like, it's like, I'm look, I'm up here doing stand-up, but I'm about to tell you something. Some real re truths. Some real truths. Yeah. I'm going to make you clap instead of laugh. Yeah. And when you're doing that, it is a little bit more important to actually also, tell the truth, I'd I, say. I've been victimized, and here are all the people's names. Yeah, just uh, just did not not a good look. No. Um, but hey, Roy, Roy Wood Jr. was right there. He and, was uh, right there. and uh, the, the brilliant minds over at Comedy Central, who have squandered uh, every bit of talent on their network except for South Park, uh, were like, nah. Well, good for him. I mean, you can only take so much disrespect before you got to... Get up and go. Yeah, turns out uh, everyone uh, in all industries, they should just including fucking, the entertainment industry, they should are tired cancel of this. the show. Cancel the fucking show. I'm 
honestly shocked it's still running. I don't know what else they have besides reruns of shows that they're licensing out and yeah. South Park. They don't have shit. Comedy Central has gone down the fucking toilet. And that's, it's part of MT the MTV network is yeah. just like it's a shell of its former self. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. The and that's why the South Park guys are getting a billion dollars because they yeah. know their worth. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's wild. But uh, anyways, check out this shirt. Hey, Lavar Burton says butterfly in the sky. I can fly twice as high. They, they uh, that butterfly has been killed by the Republican Party. Oh, so but, take a look in a book. Get your T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, so there was an initiative that's artists against book bans. Moveon.org. They partnered with Lavar Burton to organize nearly two hundred celebrities and creative leaders. Like us, yes. To sign an open letter, to sign an open letter condemning these book bans as a form of censorship and a threat to all artists in every field, and you are already well aware of our stance on book bans. Bad, really bad, and we were involved in this initial open letter, and we were featured on their list of 200 uh, celebrities. That's right. Uh, conveniently, because of the name of our show, uh, right there next to Adina Menzel. Adele Dazim. Yes. The and wickedly talented? And so every uh, uh, friend who's a parent gets to tell their kids that uh, their buddy Ricky and their buddy Elliot, uh, they sort of know Elsa from the Frozen. The wickedly talented internet today. Yeah. We are very influential and uh, 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 happy to be involved with all of yeah. the people on this list. I like books. So if you want to support this initiative and uh, rock a pretty cool shirt, get yours at moveon.org or we'll put a link down in the description below. Elliot, tell everyone what to do after they're done getting the cool shirt. So you you already know this. I shouldn't have to tell you, but you're going to want to like that video. You're going to hit that thumbs up button. It's Ooh, confetti. fireworks. Wow, yeah. exciting. Gotcha yeah. game mechanics. And subscribe if you're not already. Leave a comment. Reply to a comment. Yeah. Uh, share the video. Uh, log in with your dad's account. Do all that <laughs> again. You know, you know the drill. And if you haven't already, uh, we, we're back. We got a new tech show and a new other show from this week where we talked about news. You, you, you get so we it. We got a full roundup, and then the tech news show is about... Uh, uh, Tinder inventing uh, a space for whales. Yeah, that's right. But maybe not the ones you're thinking Even about. Even whales deserve love. Yeah. So check those out, and we'll be back soon with Weekly Weird News. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.